We got a 1994 retrospective uh, brutal biz quiz this evening. There were little, it was an extra rrr in there because it is vicious. Uh, if you know a little bit of your South African history, that'll help. If you know some South African economic history, that'll help. And if you've got, got a good brain and a decent memory, you'll know the answers to the questions in tonight's brutal biz quiz. I'll give you 2019, uh, 2014 rands. 2014 rand if you are the whiz of the brutal biz quiz. I, I've got to thank, uh, I've got to thank Clive and Ridderport. Thank you for being true to form, Clive. It's lovely that you're, that you're listening. Um, I did mention to to Colin Coleman from Goldman Sachs that we're talking about South Africa being better for more South Africans today than it was in 1994. And I said, there's a man in Rudderport who's going to SMS and abuse me. Clive, you're, you're spectacular. Thank you for not disappointing me. Uh, and then we talk about the sort of returns that people have had out of shares and some spectacular stories of uh, relatively small investments, 25,000 rands worth of De Beers shares back in 1994, worth around 800,000 rand in anglo American shares today, and, and really just explaining with Viv Governor the power of compounding, the power of reinvesting dividends, the power of patience, and the power of not panicking in difficult times. Uh, and, and then also the fabulous story um, about, about uh, the SAB shares, 400 rands worth of shares in SAB then, uh, with the dividends reinvested and the huge global growth we've seen between 1994, which and would never have happened had South Africa not been admitted into the international community. We would not have seen SAB Miller become the world's, briefly, the world's biggest brewer, and then now the world's second biggest brewing company. And that 400 rand investment is worth more than 100,000 rand today. I mean, just exceptionally great stories. But, but very few um, are as wonderful as this one. And it, it also goes... Um, uh, to the principle of starting your own business and taking your capital, taking some risk and starting your own business. Fabulous SMS this evening from Jimmy who says, in 1994, I started a tire dealership with an investment of 80,000 Rand. Today, I could probably sell the business for about 6 million. 567 Cape Talk. Follow Bruce Whitfield on Twitter at Bruce Business. Before we go crazy and off-piste, Paul Ron, I mean, uh, we've been talking since tonight about the power of long-term investment and the power of compounding and the fact that, you know, patience rewards people, risk, you take your sensible risk, you, you will be rewarded financially over time, even with relatively small investments, patience, time, and no panicking, you, you can become wealthier than you were. Absolutely. Fabulous stories, Bruce. Those are the watchwords. Buy quality assets, hold them for a long time, and you'll be making. There we go. So let's go to what we bring you in here for on a Friday night, and that is talking about business blunders. But not business blunders 2014 style. I want business blunders 1994 style. This week we did see um, the inflation numbers come out. Inflation at 6%. In 1994, we had a very big inflation problem. Yes, but, you know, I decided I was going to look at this over a longer period. So I did some highly scientific research using 1994 prices to now. Using a base of 100, Bruce, my findings are the following. The price of a TV over the last 20 years went down from 100 to 6. That's good news, eh? So in, 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 so if you paid 100 Rand for a TV in 1994, that same TV would cost you You could get a top-of-the-range TV now for six compared to a top of the range TV back then costing you a hundred. But the bad news is not everything went like that because no. uh, my other highly scientific research showed that the price of a year for a child at a private high school in Johannesburg went from 100 up to 600. So, so school inflation is up six times over so. that period. Okay. But you put it all together and you get whatever it is the inflation is being reported. I just thought it was important that you note the TV story. 
But, you know, but, but that's also a sign of what's happened in China. It's a global story. It's how manufacturing costs have come down, how the price of technology has plummeted, and exactly. how, uh, how the cost of electronic goods, cell phones, which hardly existed. Plus, you know, social media and so on has also had a massive effect. So, you know, due to that kind of inflation, a picture is now only worth 700 words, Bruce. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but due to inflation, your vote in 2014 is worth much, much more than the one in 1994. Explain. Well, you know, that's how it works with inflation. You know? There we go. It's well, uh, it's, but, it's yeah, very nice. Sure use it. Now, R.B. Jacobs, I'm told very reliably, we, we know R.B. Jacobs because R.B. <laughs> Jacobs is a character in social media. Um, he's FNB, the, the voice of FNB. Yeah. Somebody was telling me this week, though, that they recall possibly as far back as when Barclays was Barclays before it became FNB, that R.B. Jacobs used to be the signature on the, the dummy checks and on the backs exactly. of credit cards. He's been that's around. He came from. But, but he's been blowing it for an awfully long time, hasn't he? Well, not just that. You know, FNB, I would characterize as South Africa's best bank because they try the hardest. They're always coming up with something new, but sometimes, you know, they're the bank that was born with a silver foot in its mouth. Remember, around about 1994, they had that thing where they changed the logo. So, of course, before Barclays became FNB, when was that? In the late 80s? Yep, they disappeared. Early 90s. It, yep. Then somebody said that there was a bunny in the tree logo that represented the ANC's logo or something. And then AK-47. The, the, I can't even remember what that was, but they got uh, into trouble for that. Arthur Goldstock wrote the book The Rabbit in the Thorn Tree and proved it was an urban myth, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's still a good story. And then in the 2000s sometime when Paul Harris was the CEO, they wrote some scathing article about the government... It was the, got them the, to a lot of trouble. It was the crime story. They were going to, re- they were going to release a campaign on crime. That's the one. They got into a whole bunch of trouble because Tabo Baker was talking about perceptions of crime rather than the reality that FNB was trying to reflect. And then the even in like, like two, three years ago under Michael Jordan's reign, they had that campaign on YouTube where they had kids talking about all the problems in South Africa. And that was, they were also criticized strongly for that. But you also, you forget Chris Ball, um, who also, he, he actually left the country because he upset <laughs> P.W. Buerta so much that he, I mean, the, the Nets were nailing Chris Ball for being, uh, for, for being a liberal. I mean, they, they, I, I, I like FNB from that perspective. They've always shaken the tree. But, you know, this tweet from R.B. Jacobs, but remember, R.B. Jacobs is a Twitter account which is staffed by different people in shifts, I think. Yeah. So every now and then, the odds are you're going to have some idiot. Somebody's just... going to drink at work. So, you know, this thing about Steve and then where's Steve? Well, Steve's in Afghanistan putting bombs under wheelchairs. That was quality, man. That's a quality <laughs> tweet. I like it. You would, uh, but most, some people might be a But fan. don't worry. There are lots more where that came from. You know, R.B. Jacobs. That R.B. Jacobs has been fired. There are plenty more where that came from. There'll be nobody new on the job on Monday. And we will keep an eye out for creative tweets into the future. Um, when we look at it, I mean, this is an interesting one. Uh, 20 years ago, Freddie Mercury was had he died 20 years ago? I'm trying to recall when Freddie Mercury died. Mm. Um, I mean, the AIDS pandemic was at its most terrifying. It was rising. It was frightening. South Africa, Clem Sunter was, was writing scenarios about the, the end of the mining industry because, unless the mining industry took it in hand and, and dealt with HIV in the workforce and all of that sort of stuff. Please tell me you don't have anything distasteful to talk about with AIDS. <laughs> now, look, you know, I'm of the highly optimistic uh, group of South Africans. Uh, I like that Japanese line about how everything's perfect, but there's plenty of room for improvement. So South Africa, not everything about South Africa's last 20 years have been marvellous. There's been the scourge of HIV AIDS, which just goes to show that sex is actually the national part-time of South Africans, not, you know, soccer or rugby. Or looking back, yeah. So, you know, dealing with this particular problem has, we've seen our fair share of blunders, you know, both governmental and from the business sector, but we're mostly good now. 
because we've got this one under control because, you know, we're in bed with big pharma nowadays. Uh, and that's, you know, as far as the antiretroviral is concerned. But this got me thinking this week because one of the companies in the world which invented and has perfected the ARVs is a company called Gilead, mm-hmm. which is based on the west coast of the United States of America. You know that they have fancy drugs for fancy diseases, and this is their business, but they've really corked it this time. They've come out with a new treatment for hepatitis C called Sovaldi, okay? But the fun thing about America and the fun thing about Big Pharma there is that they can charge what they like for what they make. If it works and people want to buy it, well, there you go. This drug is like it works in 90% of the cases of hepatitis C, which is a virus which attacks your, uh, what is it, your liver, I think. Liver, yes, yes, yes. And it inhibits the RNA polymerase, which stops the virus from replicating. So, you know, you'd be blundering if you didn't take it, but they sell this thing for $1,000 per tablet. In the last three months, they made $2.3 billion <laughs> profits alone from Savaldi. That's America for you. But, you know, because it works, you'd be an idiot. So my only suggestion for those kinds of dilemmas is just to buy Gilead shares. There we Share go. code G-I-L-D, get the money back that way. There we go. It, it, it's like buying Sassel shares to offset increases in the petrol price. Good Finally, um, how is Time magazine honoring Tuli Madoncella a blunder? Well, yes, this is a fabulous story, Bruce. It caused a, mag- a major stir amongst Time magazine's remaining 100 readers. In the world. <laughs> That's a hard guide. And okay. you could tell it was an important feature because they had Beyonce on the front cover without any pants on. She was one of the awesome 100 most influential people in the world. And the people on the list, apart from Thule, were, you know, the usual twits like the Pope and Vladimir Putin and Edward Snowden and so on. But, you know, I much prefer the list of Forbes magazine ones because those are the ones which show the world's wealthiest people or the South Africans that are the wealthiest in the Forbes Africa thing. And the why those are fabulous is because then the tax man can look and see who they should go after. <laughs> Patrice Motsepe, Cyril Ramaphosa, Stephen Saad, you know, do a tax audit. Because don't you know that the top item on the Forbes rating of luxury purchases is elections? There you go. Fabulous. Thanks, rich people.